That's right, when you hear our theme, that's the Brooklyn Paper Radio theme song recording live from downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown, from the 10th floor of the Brooklyn Paper Building. Of course, I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the New York Daily News, and I've got a lot of energy to introduce a couple of people on my right. Vince DiMaselli, my co-host, editor of these Brooklyn Papers, and... A handsome man. Thank you, Gersh. Despite my devout heterosexuality, I always say Vince is handsome. And to his right, <laughs> special guest in the studio, the lead singer and genius behind the band Life in a Blender, Don Ralph is here to talk not only about what happened to Smith, because we know what happened to Smith. It was 90% Manhattan 10 years ago. 10 years ago. <laughs> it's probably 120% Manhattan now. Don Ralph from Life in a Blender. It could be 120% Manhattan. In advance of the inaugural show at Barbez, say hello to Don Ralph. Don, how are you? Great. Don't I get handsome, too? He gets handsome. You know? Don, I'm not attracted to you. You can. <laughs> okay. go, I mean, I love your music. It's a bit music. of a relief. It's a bit of a relief. <laughs> so FYI. My, my perspiration level's gone down. Vince has never seen you guys live. No, I have not. Life yeah. in a Blender, if I'm not mistaken, Don, is going to be playing Barbez on Inauguration Day, January 20th. That's right. Barbez, if you haven't been to Barbez, Life in a Blender it has more members of the band than there are seats at Barbez. <laughs> so get there early. Yep. The band spills into the audience, and it's one of the great shows you'll ever see. We have to play a size club like Barbez. That's how we fill a place because so our band not, fills the place. So you're not selling out the garden every month like Billy Joel? No. So you had to go selling to the, out Barbez. You had to go to Billy Joel. You had to go to Billy Joel. What? Look, Life in a Blender <laughs> is not is not Billy Joel. Life in a Blender is a unique no, musical just, experience. I'm just talking about a rock and roller that is selling out large arenas on a regular basis. Okay, so Don Ralph, if you had to do a Billy Joel cover band, what's the name of that band? Uh, give me one. You wouldn't call it Big Shot. That's the existing Billy Joel cover band. That's one shot. of them out there. Yeah, I might yeah. call it Glass Houses. Glass Houses. I don't like Glass to go with an album name. I like to use like some so you line go. from you a need song. A piece of lyric. Like a, a line from a song. It's like, um, uh, like you know, every dog has his day. That's uh, that's the worst cover band anyway. Well, anyway, <laughs> we got to get out. We got to get out. Where are we going? Where are we as going? As always, we want to get out. Don, as always, we're sponsored by Atlas Steakhouse, Doctor Joseph Lichter, DDS. And, of course, Village Care Max. And we got a new sponsor this week, right, Vince? Oh, yes, we do. It is Atlas Meat Market. Okay. So joining us after those breaks, we're going to have Don, but also on the phone today, a very special guest. Vince, big, you know this guy. Big guest. Big guest. Because it's a story that the Brooklyn paper has covered for years and years and years like no one else. So like what no story are we talking about? What story we're, talking we're talking about? The, the story about the one man in the history of New York State who was actually arrested and not necessarily jail, but found guilty of voter fraud. Voter fraud, meaning he voted in the wrong election district. Yeah, this is the same thing that happened to Susan, Susan B. B. Anthony. Anthony. Really? She yes. was She was not a man. She was no. not, no. Okay. She was not a man. She was not allowed to vote. She decided to vote, and it turned out that uh, it, it, it didn't work out for her. They prosecuted uh, they her for that it. illegal vote, because as you know, Don, really? and you fought for the women's right to vote. You're, you're not a young man. I was in the Shh. ring. What do you mean I'm not a young man? <laughs> what happened? Susan B. Anthony was not legally allowed to vote. John O'Hara was legally allowed to vote, but he was a critic of the Brooklyn Democratic machine, in fact, ran against the Brooklyn Democratic machine, and they busted him for voting from his girlfriend's house apartment address, in rather than where he was registered. Yeah, instead of instead of going to his where he was supposed to go to vote, you know, you get your little ticket, it tells you where you go. He went to his girlfriend's place. I don't know how he voted. You're still going to sign something. It's We're a crazy to clear story. All this it's up. a crazy story. He, John O'Hara is going to be joining us by phone. But Don, as because I know you're a Dylan fan, and you know Absolutely. Dil Dylan's got the song Hurricane, which is about Reuben Hurricane Carter and how the trial was a pig circus. He never had a chance. The judge made Ruben's witnesses drunkards from the slums to the white folks who watched he was a revolutionary bum. But I'm saying that John O'Hara's story could be your your hurricane. You can call it, you know, this is the story of John O'Hara. You know what I mean? So when you hear his and story. I that I, oh, I wish that I could be a John O'Hara. That's a different song, but oh, still. So. Ahead. Don, as it's a good fodder, as a songwriter, I, when you're listening to, and you can ask him any question you want, I want you to think about how you would approach the song, uh, the song of O'Hara. And tell yeah, me, he was arrested? Did, uh, did he do time? No, no. no but they stripped him fine. of his law he license. Fine. Twenty thousand dollars. He lost his law license, and he had to do, I believe, a thousand hours of community it, service. It was a crazy amount of community service. Wow. More community service than you get if you kill a man. And the Brooklyn paper covered that community service. We had pictures of John O'Hara on the side of the road picking up garbage. Now, he did a great job. I mean, the, Brooklyn has never been cleaner. 
when he was out there. You, I want to put him back in community service, make it clean again. Let's make Brooklyn clean again, Gersh. <laughs> Let's make John O'Hara scrape again. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk to John O'Hara. But first, we got Don Ralph right here in the studio. He's here. Now, we got to go about, we got to talk about the history of what happened to Smith, Gersh. Can you tell the, our listeners or viewers or about the Johnny, put up a picture of Don, first of all. And our old newsroom. Right. So let me just tell you, Don Ralph. It needs no introduction, but if I were to introduce him, I would say, look, he's the guy behind Life in a Blender. You know their albums, Homewrecker Spoon, Heart, The Heart is a Small Balloon. We already have Birds That Sing, which is the most recent album. But it was from The Heart is a Small Balloon, the 2000, I believe, what year? 2006. It would be 10 years ago. Yeah, 2006 LP, right. when I fell in love with Don Ralph. Again, I'm not attracted to him, but, but I fell in love, love with his music. Because on that album, he had a song called What Happened to Smith. What Happened to Smith? First time I listened to that song, I thought you were singing about a guy named Smith, who, whatever. No. I thought he was singing about the author, Andy Cap. Remember Andy Cap? It was written by Smith. Yeah, What Happened to Smith. Yeah. I no. didn't know what happened to him. He died. And then we walked down Smith Street and said, wait a minute. Don Ralph is singing about the gentrification of Smith Street years before it even really became fully gentrified. So we're going to be playing that song. But Don, I'm What here. Happened to Smith? What happened to Smith? What happened? What happened? I mean, the first way. I mean, I moved there early '90s, and, okay. and, and there was just a little bodega there. Yeah, that's where I could buy my sandwich mm. for five dollars. Right, but how much is it now? When you wrote the song, it's twenty dollars in tip. Just twenty dollars in tip, <laughs> and now thirty dollars in tip. <laughs> that's right. It really so captured it, to me that song captured where we were as a as a paper, where you were as an artist, and where Brooklyn was as a borough. It connected with you, Gersh, on a lot of levels, is what it, you're saying. It changed right. rapidly, right right then. When I moved in, you know, the whole first wave of gentrification, mm-hmm. the, the uh, boutiques, the, the little fancy restaurants, Patois, I think, was the, the Patois, led they said, the way. They, had, they the, held the torch and yeah, led the way. That was the, the linchpin. Now, don't say anything bad about Alan Harding, the chef owner of, of Patois. Good guy. No, no. He great. saw what he you saw. He was great. I met him somewhere along the way. He had what he had Crevette or whatever, too, right? Right. And, right. He, had, and yeah. he also had the Gowanus uh, Yacht Club. Yeah. Yeah. Good Gowanus guy. And he saw what you saw, Don, but he said, wait a minute. It's 90% Manhattan. I'm opening a restaurant. And you said, it's 90% Manhattan. I'll wait it out by the Gowanus <laughs> because you didn't, you didn't care. <laughs> by the way, the I just missed the, you know, bu- bucolic. Is that yeah, a word? Right. You call it times of just having the bodega and the old social clubs and uh, all that, you know. I, I miss the old uh, Italian neighborhood that was there, there. There is still some of that left that you can go to Casa, Casa Rosa? Casa, no, Red uh, Rose. Red Rose. Yeah, Red Rose is great. And yeah, uh, I mean, you have all their, you have your Caputo's and you have your, what's Monta? Well, Caputo's Monta is Leone? on Smith. I know, a court, you know. A court, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm branching out. Yeah, that's court, okay. But you still have, you know, your... Oh yeah, no. Your, I, I used to live. In, I, I lived in Carroll Gardens in '99 to 2003. I lived in Carroll Gardens. Very nice. I lived on Laqueer Street. What happened, Laqueer? Between what Smith happened, and, Laqueer? Uh, Clinton, and uh, the uh, the um, thing. Yeah, <laughs> the you thing. Know. The canal. No, the uh, no. Oh, but before that, the first time I had gone to Smith Street, I went to boat the bar boat. You remember the bar boat? Sure, I remember I the bar boat. I think it's still there. No, boat's not there. And the first time I went to Smith Street to go to the bar boat, which was nearer to Atlantic Avenue, there was nothing else around. Yeah. It was completely empty and desolate. There were no stores open. There was nothing. And that was about 1997. Yeah, but Don yeah. is saying he saw that coming. He saw he saw where that was going. Don misses those well, na- days. Yeah, now mm. I romantically look back. The things I was complaining about, I sort of now I feel like, well, it really was pretty great patois, and there's just a couple of nice restaurants. And now it's like the next, t- like the tide came in of gentrification, came in with these restaurants, boutiques. Then it went out or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, places are closed. There's still places closed now. True. I think, for at least, but then the next wave came into me, which is the CVS store, right. which is right oh, down from where I lived, and. Uh, you know, you got all the. It feels like more chain stores in there. Don't you have a Dunkin' Donuts there now? Do you have a Seven Eleven yet on Smith? That no Seven Eleven. Is that no the 7-11. is that the end game for Smith Street? A Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. That's it. End game. But let's just go back for a second, Don, because you, when you wrote that song, we should play the song. For We're going to play the song, but I'm waiting for John O'Hara to call, and I don't want to play it because we'll get interrupted. Right. But when you wrote that song, this is now 2006. Smith Street was already. I mean, like, in other words, you lived, where did you live? You lived on Smith and 2nd? Smith and 2nd, right by the subway. Oh, right man. by the Carroll Street subway. I can nice. see the subway coming in from my window. Yeah, and you say, all right, I got to go. To yeah. be the symbol, the symbol of that corner. You didn't even corner. need an iPhone for that. <laughs> right. I didn't need an app. I could no. just look out the window. Here it comes. I got to run like right. mad. The symbol of that corner was is Momofuku, that milk bar. Right, right. right. That, that's crazy. That's I, 100% Manhattan. Thought, yeah, you never thought Momofuku would come in. And I like Momofuku. You know, I mean, You're a fan. Great. It's good stuff. I haven't. 
I think I got a cup, cup of coffee in the milk bar, but you know, so it's, I don't know if it's food there is as spectacular as uh, David Chang's other stuff. You know? Well, they make those cookies. You ever had those cookies? I haven't had the cookie. They make like a garbage cookie, which has got everything in it. Mm. Is that good? Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, okay. right. so we got to get out because like John O'Hara is going to call in a second. So, uh, Jimmy, give me a little commercial music. I want to read a couple of ads. We pay Do the, pay the, pay the bills. If you're just joining us right now, we're going to pay a couple of bills. We got Don Ralph coming back after the call from John O'Hara. So look, Don, you're getting older. Am I right? No. No, you're not getting older. Well, when you get to be my age, Don, I'm 51. You see Looking this hair? Good. Look at this hair. You look great. Anyway, see what's possible when healthcare gets personal. Village Care Max, a Medicaid-managed long-term plan helps you continue to stay at home, having sex, if you want, for as long as possible. Because here's what happens. A team of healthcare professionals comes you. to your house. They help you stay in your house. They don't, you, they don't want to put you in an old age home. They don't want to farm you out. They want you to be sleeping with people in your home. They help you have sex. They do. So call Village Care Max at 800-469-6292 or, village, or visit villagecaremax.org. You know, at Atlas Steakhouse, you dine a cut above the rest. First, you select your premium cut. It is aged on site for optimal texture and taste. You can enjoy a delicious uh, vintage wine or expertly mixed cocktail. There are signature appetizers while your Atlas steak is crafted into a custom culinary masterpiece. You can complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert, each sweeter than the last. And you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, you dine a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. And you can find them online at atlassteak.com. Uh, right, I don't like to put a guy on, on the spot, but Don. Don Ralph joining us from Life in a Blender. When was the last time you saw a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price? Never. No, that's what. If your answer is never, my answer is, my answer is rarely. But your answer is never. You've got to call Dr. Joseph Lichter. He's out there in Midwood. He's got a state-of-the-art office. He's got those hygienists, and he's got the techniques. And, and not just like cleaning your teeth, not just like filling cavity. Zoom whitening, which usually costs like $700, he does it for six, or for $500. $475, you mentioned my name, you get $475. Invisalign. Wow. Open doors. Invisalign, the braces that go behind your teeth, most people are $5,000, he does $4,000. That's a savings of like 20%. That's good savings. So you don't need to listen to me. You don't need to listen to me. Just call Dr. Joseph Lichter today, 718 718- 339-7878. You make an appointment or you visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. Our newest sponsor is Atlas Meats. Don, what kind of what kind of steak you like? Uh, b- b- big, thick, juicy steak. T-bone steak. There you oh, go. Nice. You want a T-bone? Wait, I want a T-bone. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. Kill the music. I'm picking up the phone. We're going to come back to Atlas Steaks. It should pick up automatically. Hey, is that John O'Hara? Yes, it is. John O'Hara, Gersh Kunstman on the radio with Vince DiMaselli. You are live, and you should be aware we're joined in studio by Don Ralph, a great rock and roll singer from the band Life in a Blender. John O'Hara, how are you? I'm doing very good. I am so happy to hear the sound of your voice because it means a couple of things. One is you're free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty on MLKJ, free at last. MLK week, Gersh. week. week. So, Don, John. You got it. I got Don in the studio. I got John. Listen, John, everybody's been reading the coverage in the Brooklyn paper and other places. But just give us the one minute understanding of what has happened, because it's incomprehensible what you went through and it's incomprehensible what happened. So go. 20 years, 20 years ago, I was a <laughs> district attorney. Charles Hines indicted me for registering to vote and voting. It never happened before, first case like it, and it went on forever. I was the first person ever tried three times on the same charge. The charge was that it was not my principal and permanent residence. I've lived in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn my whole life, and I was also then the first person tried three times. How did that happen? I got tried, I got convicted, I got reversed on appeal, then I got tried again, there was a hung jury. Then I got tried a third time, which never happened in Brooklyn, and convicted again. And then all kinds of weird courts kept hearing this case on appeal. Usually only get one appeal, but since it never happened before, other courts decided to hear it, and it just went on and on and on, and it took on a life of its own. All right, but last week, a coda, what happened? Well, here's what happened. Heinz lost his seat. 
new DA came in. This became an issue during the race for the, the, the race for DA. And uh, the new DA came in. He investigated the case. He found out a key witness had lied. Oh, boy. Sent detectives out to Tucson or Phoenix or something like that. The witness admitted that they lied, and uh, the evidence was brought forward, and all of a sudden, the conviction got overturned last week. Uh, what was the lie? <laughs> it was a, it was a, the person who owned the house before I lived there came in and said there had never been a basement apartment, which I had been living in. And my neighbors on the block, there were three neighbors who said they saw me come and going, but they said they were in the apartment many times when this previous owner of the house owned the house. And this all sounds so strange, but it was seven felony counts, and I was disbarred. I was mm-hmm. on community service for years and twenty thousand dollars in fines, and I was a convicted felon for twenty years. Not in my eyes, baby. Not in my eyes. Oh, and your eyes I'll always be a convicted felon. All right, hold on a second. Let's go back. So you were living in the basement apartment, and that's where yeah. you registered, and that's where you voted from? Yes. So why did he, Why did they even think they could nail you on this? They had some information that, ooh, that couldn't be an apartment because it's not registered as an apartment, so we're going to nail O'Hara? No, the reality was my real crime was that I ran for office and I lost. Ah! Yes, the winners take office and the losers go to jail. We don't think that happens in this country. I mean, it's an amazing saga. If yes. you think about what the... You, you were a gadfly. You were a little bit of a burr in the saddle of the Brooklyn political machine. Am I right? And that's a mixed right. metaphor. That's a mixed metaphor because you can't be a burr in the saddle of a machine. But you get my idea. Well, not really. And I'm sure... I'm, I don't know what a mixed metaphor means either. But don't worry about it. Okay, but the point is you were a burr in the saddle. Yes. All right. So once you and you ran hey, against what, what them, are you, you talking about burning a saddle? What are we in Wyoming here? This well, you said they sent they sent investigators out to Tucson. This case crosses oh, borders. I got it. I got it now. Burn yeah. saddle. All right, let's 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 call it Brooklyn. You were sour milk in the black coffee of the Brooklyn Democratic machine. Now I understand it. There you go. <laughs> okay, so they prosecuted you because partly you ran against them sometimes, and you sponsored candidates who ran against their candidates. Yes. So. To, in their eyes, yes, that's it, yes. you're this guy we got to silence. You're the, the you're the levers of democracy. We've got to we've got to gummy up. Yeah. Vinny, yeah. what do you think of that? That's what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's why we covered it. Okay, we covered it. But they, to prosecute you, covered you, it. You did more than covered it. You're the reason why I never went to prison. The Brooklyn paper was relentless on the coverage for the last twenty years. Yes, wow. And wow. the way it worked in the old days, I'm talking about the days. Well, Vince was. I w- I've been there since 96, John. I-, I remember when Matt Sweeney was doing the stories back then. Yes, that's right. And you were a handsome man back then. No yes. question about it. No question about it. And you know what? I get better looking every day, so that's just just imagine. Vince is like the reversal of uh, Doreen Gray. I mean, you know, he just keeps getting better looking. <laughs> Wait, and you don't understand a mixed metaphor? You're throwing in a Dorian Gray reference? <laughs> All right, we got we gotta, we got to get out for a second. We've got to bring in Don Ralph. Don. You're a musician. John, just so you know, Don Ralph is a musician. Now, he was thinking of turning your story into a Bob Dylan-like uh, version of Hurricane, but for, for O'Hara. And when we say he was thinking about it, we told him to do it. So yeah, that, that means oh, Gersh was thinking fantastic. about it. Yeah. So, Don, Don, do you have any questions for John to make this song happen? I'm, I'm just learning about it all, but I think it's, it's, it's ripe for a song. I think it could work, you know. No this question. is the story of John O'Hara. Yeah, yeah. there you go. See, there, th- what do you think about that, John? We turn it into a song. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. It already happened. There's a folk song that was made years ago by Papa Dish, who's a Park Slope folk artist, very well known. We're going to look that up. John, if you can put that up. What's the song about? Um, it's like, called... Uh, the Ballad of John Kennedy O'Hara. Oh, well, it's a ballad. We want something a little bit more rocking. Is it a rock ballad or is it just no, a... No, no, it's a, a folk song. Folk song, folk song. Well, that's good. I think that it should be folk. Because folk, the folk tradition is about you know prisons and injustice and yes. r- voting in the right ED. You know what I mean? Yes. So in the end, see, originally I thought this story was that you actually had voted in your girlfriend's ED and that you were registered in a different ED. But you're saying you were registered in the ED no, where no, you voted. No, 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 this is not, it's not like I voted in it twice in the same no. day or from two places or something like that. It's not that exciting. It's uh, nothing, nothing that drastic. It's simply that I voted. I just registered to vote and voted. And they created a new definition of residence because it went to New York's high court and then there was a split decision and 
In any event, all those, let me just tell you the bottom line. Mm. In any case, whether it's a civil case or a criminal case, there's only one decision that matters, and that's the final decision. It's the last decision that counts. And it got overturned on Thursday. And as I was starting to say earlier, uh, the Brooklyn paper covered this thing, and the way it worked in the days of print was the Brooklyn paper would do a story, and when they did a good story, ten days later, the New York Times did the same exact story. That is true. They would change the byline, they would change the headline, two or three words in the article, but it was the same thing. And Ed Weintraub, who should get the Pulitzer should. Lifetime Award. should. He's no, a great but guy. He, he was a great no, guy. he was a great guy, but he would never apply for the Pulitzer because it was like a fifty dollar fee. Yeah, that's fifty dollars. That's true. That's true. Ed Weintraub was a great man with short arms and deep pockets. I've heard there's a waiver though. I heard there's a waiver on the fee. <laughs> we'll have to look into that. <laughs> All right, let me just. Can I sing my version of the O'Hara song? Um, sure, I'm going to do it anyway. How about we do that some other time? This is the story of an O'Hara named John, the man they put in a jumpsuit and said's a con. There you go. I don't get it. All right. How about if we get to an Atlas uh, ad before? Uh, All right. Yeah. Take us. All right. John O'Hara, listen. You got a couple of minutes? Yes, I do. Okay, good. So, just to sum up, you did community service. I, and the amount of time they made you do community service was... 1,500 hours. That's, that's more than like a, a supermodel gets for throwing a phone at a bellboy. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. I mean, this is not a violent crime. Yeah. yeah. 1,500 community... I mean, that's... In all seriousness, that, that how many weeks is that? It's like... It went on for a decade, believe it or not. I was doing it two days a week, and then my conviction got reversed, and it would stop, and then I would go back. I, I kind of, uh, I was with the parks department. I would go with these parkies. My nickname was Lifer. Lifer. <laughs> <laughs> and there were these guys, and then, then I was in charge of, like, other guys doing community service, and there was a revolving door of uh, pot dealers that were getting around. Oh, nice. And nice. to do community service. So you'd see a guy one week, and then he wouldn't be around for a couple of weeks, and then... I would see the same people every couple of months, actually. <laughs> I like that. So you know all the drug dealers in Brooklyn? Only the marijuana dealers. You got any numbers? Um, no, yeah, just for just yeah. for Don Ralph. He's a musician, not for me. <laughs> He's a musician. How do you think they make money? I mean, <laughs> all right, Don. Let me ask you a question. And th- we're on the air, Don. You ever smoke a doobie? Ever smoke pot? Uh, I got to say this on the air. Yeah, hey, I, I live in Seattle part time now. You know, so I, I'll take that as a yes. We had a guy, John O'Hara. You should know. We had a guy on the show a couple of weeks ago. I listened to that. He brought marijuana to, with him. Your show every week. All right, yes. I'm proud of that. Thank Isn't you. it legal here now too? No, it's not legal. He brought marijuana, and Vinny and I, we should be, we should just be lighting this up, and we didn't do no, it. We, we we had our shot, and we blew it because we were thinking. Yeah, listen, guys, guys, you're not fooling anybody. I listened to that episode. You guys sound like you have been in a time capsule since 1972. <laughs> the first question you ask him is, how much does a joint cost? Nobody <laughs> told the joint since McGovern left the race. Okay. I was looking for a Lucy, baby. You're not. Yeah, yeah. You're not very hip. I just want to tell you guys. Oh, wait, and you. You're a felon for 20 years. You're telling I'm I not was, hip? I was, not anymore. But you guys, uh, at least, uh, look, someday maybe I'll have another rap sheet, but you guys will never be hip. I mean, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's got that going for I mean, for you're him. asking these questions about marijuana like it was like something out of reefer med. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if I smoke this, will I go crazy? That was if one of my questions. Could, I'll tell you what you'll do. What? And there's something, there's something you've been leaving out of these ads, okay? I happen to love Atlas Steakhouse. I'm glad. See? It's great. People don't realize that. And what they have, and you've never mentioned, is they have the best burger in Brooklyn. Really? They do. They have an outstanding burger. Why? It's only about $14. Why can't like I mention a, it? It's like a dollar or two more than a diner. I mean, yeah. well, I don't know if Alice wants a bunch of cheapos like me who come up to their place. I sit out in front. I tank up, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. I walk inside, have a burger and a glass of water, and leave. I mean, well, you got a lot of money off you got to be cheap, John, because, as you know, as a convicted felon, they gave you that government-issue suit. And I like, was on, yes. I was in my, yes. Just when you, I mean, when you, live, when you live in that orange jumpsuit, you just, uh, I don't know. There's something about walking into a steakhouse in an orange jumpsuit. There is something, something. about that. Well, i got to ask you, though. We once did a, a movie parody, like a movie poster parody of, of your uh, plight. Uh, where's the book deal? Where's the movie deal? And how do I get involved? All of a sudden, everybody seems to be interested again. So it has a happy ending, it seems. That was a critical factor. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We got to write the book, John. You can't That's, give yeah. this to somebody else. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> because it. you're not going to write it yourself. You said you don't even know what a metaphor is. That's true. <laughs> we will mix metaphors left and right. No, no, no. That's, that's what's great about the book. The book business today is fantastic because there's not a lot of writing involved. 
Yeah, what are you going to do, dictate it? I'll type it for you. Just get me 10 grand. <laughs> 10 grand, it's all I want. <laughs> Don, is that a lot to ask? I just want some of the gate. It's not. It's not. you got to get the movie rights. Sell the movie uh, rights. Excuse me. Who, I, who I already will, sold the movie rights. Who will play you, uh, John? Oh, that's John, that's good question. question. Huh. You're a handsome man, yeah, John. He is. Matthew McConaughey. No. Or, uh, no, 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 no. No, Matthew McConaughey's too fat. And old. No, 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 not McConaughey. No, it's got to be. It's got to be an Irish guy. Yeah, like no, a, it's got to be a Brooklyn guy because he got that. No, I think Clooney. Going for I him. think straight up Clooney, John. Clooney's too old. Clooney's too old. What if, when you're you saying, saying this, hold happened. on a second. When you're sitting there saying Clooney's too old, first of all, I'm as straight as they come, and I would fuck George Clooney. I'm okay. a, don't tell me he's too old. <laughs> No, I'm saying O'Hara. When this happened, this is this is 20, 20 years ago now, right? It's twenty years ago. Oh, I see. What so you're saying. John's what fifty? What early fifties? I'm uh, I'm gonna be thirty next week. There you go. <laughs> so this happened to him when he was ten. Yeah. So, so how Clooney, can Clooney play ten? Well, Clooney can play the late scenes. Too young to vote, so I. <laughs> yeah, Clooney will play the 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 O'Hara after the conviction is tossed. So we need the young John O'Hara, and I'm I'm thinking uh, Ryan Gosling. Well, the last I heard, Broderick Crawford was interested in the role. Goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. back a ways. Is he still alive? This guy, Don, doesn't know who Broderick Crawford no, is. John, no, Don I Ralph know, knows. Know, yeah. You know what, know. John, you got a lot of nerve. Don Ralph is one of the great pop culture experts in this, in this world. Am I right? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. All right, we got, whatever he says, you know. Well, that's the reason why I, I'm in the studio with him. Right. That's <laughs> you right. Sh- you should be here. You should be here. Jo- so John Kennedy o- O'Hara. A gr- By the way, the whole John Kennedy O'Hara thing. Your 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 mom and dad. What they named you, John? Yeah, I was Ken- born. I was born in March of '61, right after he was uh, elected. My mom was a big fan of his. It's wow. That reminds me of Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> I mean, if you had been if you'd been born like six months early, you'd be like John Eisenhower O'Hara. <laughs> no, <laughs> John o- Ike O'Hara. It's not bad, right? Yeah. John, I go. I see. Mike, my son was born under George W. Bush. I could have named him Ben W. Kuntzman. That'd be like ridiculous. <laughs> he was though. He was. It has ben, a ring to it. It has a ring. To ben it. Barack Kuntzman. <laughs> Why not? Let's do that. Should ben, be a new tradition. Ben Hussein Kuntzman. <laughs> yeah. No, but the next president. Who's the guy coming in? Oh, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna name my dog Trump. Ben, <laughs> no, Ben Asshole Kuntzman. Then I, I named him after the president. I'm sorry. Look, Don, Don, and John, I don't care what your politics are. I really don't. I know you're a conservative, Don. Vinny <laughs> voted for Trump. I don't care about that. But we have never had, since Jackson, I think, and John, you'll back me up on this you're a history major, we've never had a president as big an asshole as Trump. Regardless of what your politics are, John, I don't care how you vote, but Trump is an asshole. Without a doubt. I didn't vote for him. Okay, but, well, you can't vote, can you? No, no, I can vote. Oh, you can you vote, can, okay. But you can vote if you have a felony conviction, as long as you don't have any time remaining on your sentence. So once I finished my community he's, service, yeah, I was able to register to vote That's only again. That's only true in New York. Other states have, you can't vote if you yeah, have a felony. Yeah, there are some states where you have a felony conviction, you can never vote. There are two states in this country where you can vote while you're in prison. Um, hmm. That's Even interesting. If you, you're, you can be in prison for life and you're allowed to. That's got to be California, right? No, no, no. You can figure it out. It's like New Hampshire and Vermont. It's one of those New England free states or whatever. You know, those. Well, we're all live free or die, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, live, live free or die is every state. Or, uh, whatever, but let's get know, back to Vermont, this. New Hampshire. I am literally going back to history saying Andrew Jackson was the first, was the most, the most recent asshole president. And I'm, I'm including Nixon, you know, whatever. Not an asshole, though. Although behind the scenes, but not publicly an asshole. Uh, LBJ, total asshole, but not publicly an asshole. Uh, Hoover, I mean, just a dick, but <laughs> not. But now, listen, Gersh. Yeah. Hoover, he speaks well of you. I just want you to. Know. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that, but he was a dick. But Don, Don Ralph in the studio. Have we ever had in your eyes a president who's such an asshole? Uh, yeah. I mean, no, deal, no. Apparently. I but mean, he's got every every quality. You know, if you say, oh, does he inspire uh, fear, hatred, all the, all the bad, every, yes, you go, yes, 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 all but, these. But no, but it even goes beyond that. The tweeting about, for example, f- forget about the John Lewis tweeting where you're, where you're actually taking on an icon of civil rights. But the other day he tweeted against his own TV show saying, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's right. ratings aren't as good as the great DJT. Like, that's an <laughs> asshole. It's your show. You're panning well, we your own show. As he says all the time, overrated, overrated. It's his own show. <laughs> Sad. Well, right. I majored in political science, and we spent a year on Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Rosie O'Donnell's an asshole, too, but she's not president. <laughs> no, nah, we, we 
haven't finished the stuff with Rosie O'Donnell. I think we got to get back to that. We do? <laughs> I'm moving on. All right, John Kennedy O'Hara. Last thing we want to throw in there because we let our guests do this, and then we got to get back to live studio action. What are you plugging now? You're free at last. What is your next move? Are you, are I'm you... so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. This November, and I know the show has a, a whimsical tone. I don't mean to make it too serious. I just want people to know. Do it. The most important election in our lifetime is coming up this November. Every 20 years, New York State gets to vote on whether or not to have a constitutional convention, mm. meaning to change the Constitution of New York State every 20 years. The last one was 1997. People voted it down. We need to have that, and it's on the ballot this November, 2017. And New York State needs a constitutional. And if they vote for a constitutional convention, then the next year there are issues on the ballot that our legislature never deals with that we could uh, we could deal with. Well, what do we need? What 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 issues are you talking about? What do we need a constitutional convention I think, for? I think we need a constitutional amendment to eliminate plea bargaining in our courts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Um, I've been thinking about this since the 70s. Eliminate plea bargaining? How You don't have enough judges in the world to handle all those cases. You're 100% right, and I wouldn't worry about it, okay, because we have a criminal justice system that has failed everyone. Hmm. And we're very casual about who we arrest hmm. and who we send to prison. But that middle part that Gersh just mentioned, that's, that's why Gersh makes the big buck. There's no okay? question about that, baby. Mm -hmm. he's, right, he's right on point. It's like he's worried about judges working overtime because, let's face it, it doesn't matter who you arrest and who you put in prison for 20 years. We just don't want judges falling over and dying from working too All right, that's, that's not what I was saying, John Kennedy, Harry. You know that. Right. <laughs> I was saying there'd be a case log, a backlog yes, of cases. Would. Yes, yes. It would, cause, it would cause the system to come grinding to a halt. No, but wouldn't wouldn't if wouldn't district attorneys be more uh, judicious? Yeah, like when they when they decide if they're going to take a if they're going to the whole girl. Oh, no wonder Vince is still the handsome man. Thank you. All these no, no, he's wonder. smart. That doesn't mean he's, he's handsome. Smart. Don't don't yeah. objectify Vince DiMaselli. He's smart and he's handsome. Well, so so what I'm so, <laughs> so he's right. <laughs> so so why do you want a constitution? Right. <laughs> so why do you want a constitutional convention to shove that down my throat? Because our legislature has failed us. They will never do anything. We're not getting any reform from this legislature or this governor. As you may remember, I ran for the assembly in 1990 as a one-platform candidate, saying the reformers in Park Slope, the, the self-proclaimed reformers, are never going to deliver reform. You're right. And I was right. They never did. They never did. And so Marty Connor? Jim, Jim Brennan, Marty Connor? Justice system, it will happen overnight if they eliminate plea bargaining. Okay. Because think about it. What kind of cases do you read about in the newspapers? Two cases. John Kennedy O'Hara. Either me, right? Or people that either see the people that have been wrongly convicted because mm. they wanted a trial, or people that have been uh, committed a horrible crime and they've been arrested for 31 times. Well, if they've been arrested 31 times and they committed a crime, they never should they never should have been on the street to begin with. All right, it's and it's that's a law the and order with this plea bargaining. It's it a law. Nobody. It's a law and in the courtroom. You're very law and order, John Kennedy O'Hara. But yes, I will say this: just I'm I'm already ready to endorse your bid for a constitutional convention because I Thank figure you. get some smart people in a room. And if they don't want to do it your way, that's fine. But at least we got them in the room, right? Right. All right. So I want to be in the room where it happens. How do I become a delegate to that constitutional ah, what convention? What a good question. The way, if there is a constitutional convention, the way it works is there are three delegates elected from each state senate district. 61 state senate districts in New York State. So there'd be 180 delegates. Well, 183. And you're there for a two-year term. You get the same salary as a legislator, and you change. It's the way to change New York. Wait Everybody a minute. Wait a minute. About change. It's a not coming from some politician. A two-year term, and I'm, make, I'm making like 125 Gs a no, year? No, they make like 75 Gs. I know, but you're just sitting in a room talking to other people about That's government. That's true, which is what you're doing right now. But you're, you're making you and Vince serve. I know, it's you true. rolling in the dough. Yeah, all right. Thanks, John Kennedy O'Hara. Listen, well, we got to let him go. Well, thank so you. That's the steakhouse. That's on the ballot in November. Let's have a constitutional convention. And so wait, this is going to be on the ballot. We can I just vote said for that. it. I, I want to be clear on this. It'll be on the ballot no matter what. Nobody no, can no, no, no. It's on the ballot no matter what. Every 20 years yeah. they ask us. Everybody just, nobody notices. Hey, no, but no, I'm so saying let's have that convention. Let's so have the convention. Who's let's not going to, but who's going to try to stop this from happening? Who's gonna, who, are the, who are the politicians today? Everybody with skin in the game is against it. Every, uh, mm -hmm. every, every legislator, every lobbyist, every union, every, everybody that's like it's working well for and it's working well for the pack of insiders, they're all going to be against it. You know, this is your way of draining the swamp. 
This yes. is John O'Hara drains the swamp the real way by literally draining the swamp. It's me and Gersh against the world. Absolutely. Well, I think Don Ralph is in on this. Don, you want a constitutional convention? <laughs> I'm just keeping up with it. Um, you know, you know, I live in Seattle. I, I gotta, I gotta follow now, you're what saying. What do you do with this guy? He's always on the fence. No I know. What you, you know, say, I know. He's, he's, like, he's the Aaron town. Burr of our studio right now. <laughs> I mean, what Somebody's gotta be Aaron Burr. Down, you know, right. what, what's, what, what's up with him? Well, huh? somebody had to be Judas. Somebody had to be Aaron Burr. We gotta get out. John Kennedy O'Hara, free at last, pushing a constitutional convention. I love this man. He's a handsome man. George Clooney would play him. In a movie version, John Kennedy O'Hara. That would be written and produced by Vince DiMaselli and Gersh Kunzman. Okay. Oh, you want to do a, co- a column for us? You want to write a column, pro bono? All right, we can talk about this offline. <laughs> pro bono. It's got to be called pro bono, not because that's a good legal term, because that's what that's we're going to we'll pay, pay you. you. That's Wait, what we're going to pay you. Pill, there's a pill for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. John O'Hara, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show. Take care, baby. All, All right, take care. Be Hang good. in there, Don. I just hung up on him and it's just, I hung up on him and nothing happened. All right, Don, you heard it, you heard it from John. How's our sound? Oh, there we are. You heard it live from John Kennedy O'Hara. Now, could you write a song (laughs) about the criminal saga? You're great, you're great. You put uh, all your artists on the spot like this, you know, (laughs) write a song about the new constitutional, the constitutional (laughs) vote here. Can you write a constitutional (laughs) mention song right now? All right, we got to get out. We're now live only. If you're just tuning in, we've got Don Ralph from Life in a Blender. John Kennedy O'Hara, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, he's free at last. Is offline. So I'm I got. I have to finish what I was talking about oh, before John Kerry came go, on, go. and I need a little music for it, Johnny. Oh, there it is. And we have a new sponsor, Gersh. It's Atlas Meats. Atlas Meat Market. Let's talk a little bit about Atlas Meat Market. Sure. You like a steak? Sure. You like chicken? Yes. You like veal? Yes. When you go to your butcher... I don't like pork. When you go to your butcher, do you have them cut it right in front of you? Right in front of me. You do. Then you would love Atlas Meats because that's what they do. They'll cut it any way you like, anyhow you like it, they'll right cut it, there. They'll cut it lengthwise? They'll cut it lengthwise. They'll cut it crossways. They'll make little triangles for it. Flanken style. Yeah. They can, they'll can. they make you a burger. They'll chop it up. All sorts of stuff like that. Listen, they don't sell pork. They also carry a full line of halal meats. But this is the big deal Go. about Atlas Meats. Go. They will deliver anywhere in Brooklyn. That's you don't bullshit. have time to go to the store? You don't have time to go to the store. Just give them a call. Place the order. They'll deliver it right to your front door. You'll get those delicious steaks, those ribeyes, those T-bones that Don likes so much. Um, I'm ready. They'll bring it right to your door. And they also do packaging. You know, it's like Omaha Steaks. Yeah. They do that. You can order it. Send it anywhere in the world. Your aunt, your aunt, Aunt Connie, your aunt Connie, gets the package delivered to her house. How exciting is that? I mean, Aunt Connie is something special. So you got to do it. Atlas Meats, the prime custom-cut meat market of Brooklyn. Atlas Meats. Thank you. All right, listen. It's great that, that we have a new sponsor, but we've got Don Ralph in the studio now. I want to open up our next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about his 10th anniversary hit, "What Happened to Smith," but we haven't played the song yet. No. So let's just play it, Johnny. Here it is. Don, you want to introduce the song, Don? You wrote it. You wrote it. This is what happened to Smith. This is the song. There it is. is. Stop it. 
But we, just as we were listening to that song, Don, the exposed midriffs, I think that that's when you begrudgingly accepted gentrification. That's I said. There was a little bit of sexy coming in. Yeah, there was some sexy so, coming in. So, you know, I was uh, attracted probably to that. You liked, you were a young man. No, no, I, I was the young curmudgeon, you know. That's weird. Yeah, because you were like the angry young man, and then all of a sudden, the girls balanced in their Why Manolo Blanchard. Why Joel into this? Yeah, and then... Expo- <laughs> Work Billy Jolin. Yeah. Tight dresses exposed mid dress. What happened to Smith? It's like, well, maybe maybe what happened to Smith isn't so bad. What do you <laughs> right. think, Don? So I think, I mean, maybe it wasn't so bad. Like I said, it seems now it's I'm nostalgic for all the things I was complaining about. So you wrote a song, Au Courant. Ten years later, you're nostalgic for the. It, you've got a weird nostalgia. I need, going I need on. another version now of because what happened to Smith now with uh, American Apparel and CVS and. Dunkin' Donuts, and what else do you have? What would you rhyme Rite Aid with? Starbucks. Right, oh, Lulu, Lemon. But r- Rite Aid, ma- give me a rhyme with Rite Aid, because it's a Rite Aid on Smith, <laughs> which really ruined it for me. Rite Aid, Milkmaid. Just go to the rhyming dictionary. You know, okay. Anyway, the point is, <clears throat> if you were to do what happened, wh- what, happened to Sm- what happened to what happened to Smith, it's a whole different song now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, the reason we have Don Ralph here is not because we just love that song. Which was like our anthem. In the in the newsroom, we played it every week, and we played it loud on, on production nights. Always, we put it, always. We put and, the paper. and you could all be chanting along. What happened to Smith? Yeah, that's right. And that must be weird for you, because you, you, go, you write this song, and you don't even know that you have these, these, this connection with people that are, that are working on a newspaper a few blocks away. You don't know. No, you I don't know, know about that. I was just looking out at Smith from my apartment. But what's, what is it like? So you weren't thinking about us. I wasn't thinking about what? Gersh and you. No, but seriously, Don, you write a song. and you How many songs have you written? About 300 songs? 200 Three, songs? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hundreds, hundreds. You write a song, and it's what's, in, it's what's in your heart as a small balloon. It's, it's right what's in your heart. <laughs> right. And you send it out there, and you know Vinny and I love what happened to Smith, but there's other people who love, like, um, uh, Good Answer. There's people who love um, the lady, uh, what's the, the lady one? Does, does the, the lady. The lady, does the lady. So you don't know wh- who it's going to connect with. And then right. only when you do a show, like you're doing January 20th at Barbez, you come together and people are yelling out different song titles. You don't know what connects to people. You never you? know. But something like this with Smith, you talk about something uh, local and it's going to connect. I started in Poughkeepsie, New York. and in, in high school, we wrote a song called Poughkeepsie City of Sin. You know, so sort of... The same sort of thing where we're talking politically about there. That was a joke because it was a joke, obviously. nothing was sinful about Poughkeepsie at the time. Although over time, it's sort of... I mean, certain. double parking was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> right. a, that's a problem in Poughkeepsie, yeah. Right. So we had a punk epic back in high school, and then, you know... What do you rhyme with Poughkeepsie? That's a tough one. There's a gypsy. Yeah, gypsy. There you go. Gypsy. But we never really Nipsey, rhymed. Russell. <laughs> I would say jitney. Jitney like a cab, a jitney. No. I, Nipsey. I do like Nipsey Russell. Oh, my God. The guy's a legend. All right. <laughs> we, we're talking about we're talking with Don Ralph, Life in a Blender, about songs that connect, songs that reverberate, songs that mean something. But I noticed you're a Dylan fan, and a couple of weeks ago, I have to say, Don, he didn't accept his Nobel Prize for Literature. Now, Don, 
I know you were on the short list. If you had gotten that prize, would you go to Stockholm, accept you your know, prize? You know I'm going right over. Who's you just go, you right? Know? I want the Lutefisk and the Aquavit and let's go to Sweden. Oh, that's you know? that, yeah. My wife no. loves that stuff. They give you... My son asked me last night. they give you a platter up in the green room there at the Nobel oh, Prize? Oh, it's all, it's all smoked fish. Yeah. My son's growing dill in the basement, and he's like, Dad, what do you put dill on? I was like, you put it on uh, smoked fish. Wait a minute. Your son is growing dill in the basement? That's not dill. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's dill. No, it's dill. Yeah. It's dill. He's growing dill, basil, and... Uh, and that and that smelly one smells like rosemary. Rosemary. <laughs> rosemary. Right. rosemary. Oh, I'm sure it's rosemary. Well, I, I call it rosemary. This kid is nine years old. He's already a, he's already the biggest drug dealer on the rock. And it's in the basement. we got a grow house in the basement. they got the lights and everything. <laughs> it's hydroponic. Well, yeah. All right. So, Don Ralph, for the record, you go to Stockholm. You accept your Nobel Prize. What do you say? You say thank you, obviously, but beyond that, what? Because Dylan wouldn't do it. Maybe Dylan's losing it. Do you ever think of that? Well, Don's not losing it. No, Don can do it. I mean, I'm taking a trip to Sweden. Have right. you ever been? No, I haven't been. It's my wife's dream to go to Sweden. I hear All Gersh she wants is to going. do is, is go to Sweden. She Tonight. Just, Stockholm, we got to save up and go on a, a, a big trip to Stockholm. She wants to do it. She thinks it's the motherland. F- FYI, Don, tonight I am getting on an aeroplane, one of those jetliners, and I'm flying to Kiruna, You're Sweden. You're getting on an airplane tonight, Tuesday. Yeah. I'm getting on an airplane, and I am flying <laughs> to Kiruna, where the ice hotel is awaiting me. There's oh, really? literally a hotel made out of ice, and I'm going to stay in it. And I believe they serve the drinks in ice cubes, That's in the cube itself. Sounds fantastic. The yeah. glass is, is, is ice. It's, that glass is never half full because it's not even a glass. It's a cube of ice. And are you sleeping in this hotel in some ice bed? I uh, was an ice maker. I, would, I think I will sleep <laughs> on the ice bed. I may, I may be sleeping alone. I don't know. Every once in a while, Johnny wakes up and throws something <laughs> in. Like ice, ice, ice baby texting. is going to come in. But we got to get back. Now, Don, I noticed you have your guitar. Uh-huh. Oh, and I right. notice you're capoed up on, what is that, third string? If this is what you want. I want you to play something. Is this something new? What are you going to play for us? Ooh, how about that? Uh, old. Here we go. I'll do background you vocals. You know, my son's uh, he's, you know, he's a crazy artist. He's 17. Well, what are we going to hear? I'm gonna, uh, it's called Whole Thing Down. Oh, what, I like Whole Thing what's Down. What's your son's name? He's Leo. Leo Galen Ralph. All right, Leo, this one, this one's for you. Yeah. It's your dad on guitar. The boy is broken They say his voice keeps changing pitch Murmurs and incantations Come from his bunk bed late at night Oh, you see, this is where I'm gonna forget all the words Like that bridge Oh, you know, I should have prepared better here. I'm all nervous. It's a big podcast. I know, podcast. It's, it's a big no, show. No, this is huge. It's a big podcast. You know, the thing when you're on you a show it? like this, we had, so we had Neil Young That's on once. That's a good sample, though. We had Neil Young, <laughs> we had Neil Young on once, it's and the big. guy couldn't remember Cinnamon Girl. I mean, come on, 10 yeah. silver sacks uh-huh. is yeah, the base yeah, with yeah, the bow? We, had on, the Adam, we had on Adam Durwitz from uh, County Crows. He forgot Mr. Jones. Yeah. And See? Carlos Santana was on, and he couldn't even go. Yeah, Billy Joel on. He forgot Big Shot. All right. So that, I like where you were going with that song. But you know what's better? You have song. You have a uh, good answer. Oh, yeah. Johnny, yeah, you Johnny have we get a good answer. So this is off of, um, uh, I believe, Heart is a Small Balloon. Am I right? Or is, yeah, it off, uh, or is it off We Have Birds That Sing? I think it's off that. It's oh, off yeah. That. we have. It's it's off so it's one. off the new album, Life in a Blender. We already have and Birds bit, That Sing. You know, it's a bit political, sort of like the Pink Floyd, the wall. Uh, you know, just, just go along well, with authority. You, go along with authority. Everyone you meet. Right, so, I don't know what that was. But anyway, just so Floyd you know, if you buy... Oh, life, no, it's Dark Side of the Moon. If you buy Life in a Blender, we already have birds that sing. There's a picture of a fig inside that is so vaginal <laughs> that as a heterosexual, I'm attracted to it. And it looks a bit... Uh, All right, anyway, I don't know, like answer. the operating room in there. <laughs> Freedom of speech.
granular with this good answer. Well liked by his peers, good answer. You in the back, please lower your voice. Just keep up with the rest of the boys. You've all been given a choice. You've all been given a choice. Good answer, 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 good answer. Adam Bomb, good answer. James Bond. Destiny, good answer. Arshuk Vernon, good answer. Edward Snowden, good answer. Pepper Spray Cop, good answer. And we were singing along in the studio here. I, I don't know if my mic was on, so you couldn't hear me, but I was yelling, good answer. Good answer. That's a very political song for Life in a Blender. And I think the kids will have to go, you know, a few months from now and say, what, what's Freedom Fries? Yeah, they don't know. But what, what inspired that song? Because it's clearly a Bush-era song. Well, a lot no? of Bush. Uh, there's some Bush. Freedom Fries is in there. Well, Pepper Spray Cop, those in there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what inspired? Just, uh, you know, it's the going with the status quo. You better just toe the line and say the right answer. No, or there's going to be trouble. But that's the irony, right? That's the irony. You don't mean that. Whoa, I'm trying to break through the metaphor that John O'Hara mocked me for. <laughs> you're, you're basically saying yeah. conformity is what sucks, and that's what's killing this country. Am I right, Don? Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. You did it. You did it. But it's also true, though. No, it's what everybody says. Good answer. Yeah. And, and I'm, Good answer. again, Good I don't answer. care who you voted for. I don't care who you voted for. But what's happening in this country is is exactly what you pointed out in that song. Everyone's see, just selling good answer, good I answer. I saw it a whole different way. Because, How'd you see it? <laughs> well, what would happen yeah. was when I watched Family Feud as a kid, yeah. when they would try to steal, mm. they would gather all together, you know, and then they would try to come up with something. Then they'd yell out the different things, and then they'd say, no matter what the person yeah. said, they'd say, good answer, good yeah, answer. And right. it didn't matter how bad the answer yeah. was. Yeah, that's and right, it was right, a, right. Yeah, he's right. he's right. You so might have been the whole family. I got a whole Family Feud thing. But I got to ask you the really tough question. Do it. I've been, you know, I watched New Year's Rock and Eve this year, <laughs> and rock and roll's dead. Okay, rock dead. and roll is dead. Yeah, dead. Because it's called New Year's Rock and Eve. Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. I watched the show. I don't know any of the people yeah. singing songs on the show, and none of them are singing rock and roll. Yeah, yeah but what that just means you're old. What? No, they're not singing rock and roll, Gersh. That's true. I think they're he, not. I think he's right. Where they're is not it? singing. What happened to rock and roll? I thought when. You know, Life in a Blender came out, and yep. and uh, who, who's our favorite guys? Like Springsteen. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about like newer, like oh, uh, you mean like Connor Oberst uh, and the Replacements. Spoon came out, and of and course the whole Steady, the whole Steady, whole Steady. Yeah, that's rock and roll. I know, but like it's not popular anymore. I know. What happened to popular what? rock and roll music? And, and listen, you guys are great. We know it. You're, just, you're not as popular as uh, Springsteen was. It is. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> nah, we're, you know, we're like one notch below. So what happened? What's yeah. what's happening to rock and roll? Yeah, I don't you're know. out there. You're playing. This, in, you're, you know, you're playing. I know. I mean, in, uh, in, you know, Katy Perry and all the pop sort of music comes in, but not. Where's the big guitars and the crazy no, rock? They, listen, there where's was the always rebellion. Where's the rebellion? Right. That's the issue. That's you're the good answer. Be, you're supposed to be breaking up what came before, destroying what right. came before with new music. But now it's you know. Well, hold on. There's always been pop tarts, like Katy Perry, Britney Spears before, whatever. And they're but, fine. But the monkeys. But where? But what Don is pointing out to is where are the <laughs> rockers? Who are ostensibly mockers of our society? Where are they? And 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 why aren't they at the top of the charts? Where I mean, are look they? at Hold Steady. The Hold Steady hasn't put out new new music in a couple album, a couple of years. Spoon, uh, Wilco is falling off a cliff. Where are these people who used to break it down? Maybe it's all coming back now that you have the new regime coming in. Mm. You're going to have rebellion against that. Maybe that's the, the whole. Maybe that was it. Maybe it's all. Back. Maybe it's all Barack Obama's fault. He was president for eight years, and we got a little complacent. Good answer. Good, Good answer. answer. All right. Good answer. Are you looking for a... Can I get a little music? Are you looking for a dentist? 
who is not only affordable but good. Yeah, you are. I could use one. Everybody, well, look at teeth. these teeth. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> you need the Zoom whitening service from Dr. Joseph Lichter. Zoom whitening costs like $800 elsewhere. Dr. Lichter's got it for $475. Mention my name, it'll help. The Invisalign, those adult braces that go behind the teeth, people charge $5,000 for that. Lichter's got it for $4,000. We're talking about Dr. Joseph Lichter out there on Avenue P in Midwood. He's got a staff. Tr they perform traditional dental stuff like extractions, but they also do the high-end stuff, but not for high-end money. And you can take it from me, Gersh Kunstman. So call Dr. Lichter today. 718-339-7878. You set up an appointment and you go out to Midwood. It's not that far. He's on Avenue P between 14th and 15th. That's not far at all. Or you can visit him online at josephlichtergds.com. The thing I love about Atlas Steakhouse is that it is a Mediterranean-style steakhouse. And you know what it means when it's Mediterranean? It's not one of those German steakhouses where they treat you like garbage. That's right. They treat you with class and dignity. Atlas Steakhouse offers a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. I've had the Godfather. Oh, I love the Godfather. It's wonderful. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. How do you like it, Gersh? I like it medium rare. There you go. And when your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, you're always treated a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them online at atlassteak.com. All right, let's talk about sex. <laughs> We've kept it out of the show for the most part, but it's in the ads. Read between the lines, Don. If you're getting older like I am, you know your little bits and pieces and even your bones and muscles are going to start breaking down. And you, But you don't want to go to an old age home. You don't want to be farmed out. But you don't want to be a burden on your family either. You want to keep having sex in your home with whatever gender or, or person you want to be with. And Village Care Max can make that possible. Here's why. They're a, that's not in the ad, by the way, but it's true because they're a Medicaid-managed long-term plan. They help you stay at home, not as a burden to your family, not as a burden on your community or your friends, but with a team of healthcare professionals sorting out your meds, sorting out your appointments, maybe even making dates for you. I don't know. Or at least making sure you can hold on to those dates because you're in your home. So all you got to do is call Village CareMax, 800-469-6292 or Village Sorry, or visit them at villagecaremax.org. Village Caremax, live the life you want to live and the sex you want to have. There you go. Listen, Val there, baby. Valentine's Day is coming up. You know what makes a great gift? Oh, a bunch of steaks. That's right. You can send your loved one a bunch of steaks. Thanks to Atlas Meats. Atlas Meats offers you the ability to order packages like they do with, with the Omaha Steaks. Yeah, I like that. No, they can do that for you. And they will deliver to you daily, weekly, monthly, and they'll feed from one to a hundred. There you really? go. Yeah, that's a big order. That's right. No, but you're feeding a hundred. What are they bringing a the tractor trailer back? To, uh, uh, they'll just beep uh, it right up to your doorway, your garage, whatever you might have, the doorman, whoever okay. it might be. I don't have a doorman. They will deliver anywhere in Brooklyn. And if you don't have time to go to the store, just give them a call. Place your order. They'll deliver it right to your front door. Atlas I know, Steak. but I'm saying, are they bringing a tractor trailer for 100 people? Uh, uh, uh. Atlas Meats offers premium steak, chicken, and veal, and it's 100% halal. I don't know why you won't answer my question. Are they going to back up a tractor trailer to my house? Come visit Atlas Steak at 387 Avenue X between East 1st and East 2nd Streets. And you can give them a call anytime at 347-915-2000. That's 347-915-2000. Atlas Meat Market. Uh, uh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. It's All Pete. right, Don. <laughs> we got two seconds. Don, last thing. Tell us about the show on January 20th at Barbez. He's life in a blender. Huge show for uh, Inauguration Night. Don't you want to drown your sorrows on Inauguration Night? And what better band to hear no for band. An, the Inauguration than a band called Life in a Blender? No that's, that's, better band. That's the new error we're entering now. We have the name. Our name finally became Au Courant. Yeah, no, no no better band because they put on a great show. I've seen them at Barbez like three times. They fill the place. We got to get out. For Don Ralph from Life in a Blender, for Vince DiMaselli, a handsome man. We didn't even talk about how sexy you are. No, that's right. We tried. And I'm Gersh Kunstman. We didn't even talk about how much sex I'm having. And John O'Hara. There you go. My birthday. <laughs> See you next week.